Welcome to another Electric Theory episode. Recording. It is recording. We're good. We're we're going right now. You have 24 hours a day. Organize your day. Work hard. I'm here to talk about success. Uh, we're not even gonna say what time it is of day or night <laughs> because people are gonna think we're insane. But we have a very special guest and someone that, you know, if you've been following our journey, know that not only is she near and dear to my heart, but she's near and dear to the heartbeat and pulse of Bolt. Bolt would not be the same without you. And that is a very, very e- electric truth statement. <laughs> <laughs> With that being said, like I said, I, I couldn't be be more excited to be interviewing one of the most exciting people that I've met and one of the most like I don't even know how you like like MacGyver you're just like someone who just get things done like someone who executes on tasks events people coordinating trips any and everything like you're able to get it done because you just have that drive and will to get it done and one of the most optimistic people I've ever met too as well like, I don't think you've ever met a stranger, and I don't think that you've ever had, like, a bad day all the way through, right? Like, you may have, like, a bad moment for a split second, but, like, you're able to, like, turn that off and turn it back on. And at a rate in which I've never seen anyone really have, like, when I'm like, all right, if I'm feeling some type of way about business or how things are going, and even in personal life, I can go to you and be like, all right, like, help me, like, zoom out and, and look at this in a different light. And, like, you do that in a split second. And I think that's innate. And I've asked, you know, the people that I've interviewed, you know, some of the characteristics that I like about them. Like, where was it? do they feel like they were born with it? Or is it something that they learned? So just giving that, you know, take I just did on some of your characteristics. And I haven't even dived deep into them. Those are just, like, high-level, you know, things that you, you can pick up from people pretty pretty quickly. But do you feel like that positive, optimistic, you know, there's always a better way approach? Do you feel like you were, you were born with that? Or, or where does that come from? Well, first off, thank you for having me. That was quite the introduction. <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted to jump right on in. I'm like, hold on. right in, went all the way down to the deep end. Right to the deep end. That's all we do. Straight to the deep end. Yes, that was quite the introduction, though. I'm very flattered. So to answer your question, I think it absolutely is a choice to be able to overcome those obstacles or the way of your thinking patterns. Sure, you can grow up in that environment as well, but ultimately, it's not your parents' choice at the end of the day. It's yours. Right. So, I mean, I've, I've seen people, you know, have very negative mindsets when they have everything going for them. Uh, and it's taken a lot of work. Like I'm not gonna sit here and dim that down that I haven't worked on it. Cause I definitely have. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of late night journaling, early morning, prioritizing, right. Goal setting, working on myself, personal development day in and day out. So I definitely think it is a choice to be able to keep a positive mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's a choice, too. And I think that when you do decide to make that choice to have a positive mindset, you can still sometimes fall back into like a negative or toxic or, you know, anxiety, fear mongering kind of attitude. Like when you find yourself doing that, like what are ways in which you kind of get out of that? So you mentioned journaling. Is there anything else that you do to... Yeah, I mean, for myself, a lot of it's, like, working out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is on the negativity. Right. It's all, so it's all perspective for you, yeah. essentially. Yeah. And does, what is your... Well, yeah, tell us a little bit about your background. Because I, I think, like, perspective for most people is shaped through their experiences. So I would love to hear more about your background. Well, obviously, I know. But for, for our, our guest... Um, and I'm going to try to ask questions that I don't know, too. Before I guess, yeah. could you please tell us a little bit about your, your background and, like, your Honestly, experiences? Honestly, me up based off, of like, our very first time we ever met in person. This is yeah. what it's taking me back to. Oh, yeah, is, exactly. Which is awesome. Very first question, question Josh had ever struck me with is, so tell me about yourself. I'm like, okay, what do you want to know? Like, my favorite <laughs> color? Like, <laughs> What's your favorite food? Right, like. Yeah, but obviously it got way deeper than that really quickly. Uh, yeah. Just as I'm sure this will. 
So I was born in St. Louis, yep. raised in Dallas. Yep. Uh, I was one of seven si- I'm sorry. I'm one of seven siblings. Yeah. yeah. So three older, three younger, and then one that also passed away. So I think that, in a way, had a lot to do with how I was raised also. If yeah. you really, like, look at family dynamics, right. I was a middle child, so I was the one that was always left out, always forgotten about. And I don't <laughs> say that for pity. I say that, like, as actual honesty, and it made me, like, really become self-efficient really quickly. Yeah. Like, for legal reasons, I won't tell you all the places I was left at. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So, like, Home Alone, I think of Home Alone when I oh, hear this. Oh, that was me. That's crazy. That was me. Like, yeah. Yeah, we don't need to be calling CPS on my parents, but uh, <laughs> there were definitely instances like that. And not, That's I mean, it was it was strictly wild. for the fact of like my mom had so much to juggle, right? And I mean, absolute props to her because she did a great job. Yeah, shout out to but, all the moms out there. Yeah, and my and my dad as well, obviously. So, um, yeah, but I think just being a middle child with so many other siblings. Mm-hmm. I really had to learn, essentially. Yeah. So I grew up, and then another aspect of that is I didn't go to traditional public school. Yeah. Uh, I grew up homeschooled. and Did all your siblings get homeschooled? That, yes. Okay. Actually, my youngest brother is now a senior, and he's the first one to not go. Oh, wow. Or, like, be homeschooled. I wonder what, that's, what his trajectory one. is going to be like. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Okay, so... You grew up as a middle child, yeah. which, like, you know, like, I mean, just historically speaking, it is someone who has to, like, learn to kind of fend for themselves because right. they are essentially just the middle. They're not, like, the Otis or the youngest. It's, like, right. Otis is the lead. Then you have, like, the youngest and mama's boy or girl or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. So having to essentially, like, fend for yourself, like, when did you become not just, like, self sufficient but more so like self-aware of like okay well maybe it's it's not so much like my 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 parents because there's so many people that can look at that and look like oh what was me like a middle child like you know like when did you become self-aware that it wasn't like necessarily you that like gave yourself these cards i think i just genuinely liked the challenge of taking on tasks like yeah for instance every friday morning we would go to a co-op and I would like go to where a co-op. So it's like co-op, a private okay. school one day a week. Oh, okay. Essentially. Interesting. And so a lot of like our classes were done there. You do your homework all week and then come back and like have to turn in your work on Friday. Yeah. So night before, usually pull an all nighter, like getting prepped for that day. And it was always like my, like I took it upon myself to like make lunch for my whole family. Like I just enjoyed doing those extra tasks, I guess. But I honestly attribute most of my, like, discipline, uniquenesses, drive, determination from, like, my sports background as being a gymnast. I honestly think more so than, like, the line of how I fell with being a middle child, growing up in a big family, being homeschooled, any of that. Sure, that all plays a part to some degree, but I think it really came, my real determination and drive came from being a competitive gymnast. Because that sport's hard. <laughs> like, yeah. Just gonna, just gonna keep it, keep it real. And uh, yeah. when you're surrounded, like that's not only a team activity, yeah, but it's also individual place. That's one of the only sports out there like that. And I will argue with anybody until they're blue in the face, or until I'm blue in the face, that that is the most difficult sport. Like, the longevity of it's not even there. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a challenging sport. Transitions into everything. You know, you have the flexibility. You have the strength. You have the mental toughness. You have the coordination. Like, it covers every ground area. So, the amount of, like, conditioning hours we put in was ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I will never forget the beatings of summer workouts. That was just... Like, 30 hours a week. Wow. Like, <laughs> it was pretty wild. A full-time job. Yeah. I that's mean, that's, like, as a kid. Right. And then you have your competitions on top of that. So That's crazy. Pretty... So that's, like, where you, you feel like you instilled that discipline and drive came from gymnastics. Yeah. Paired with being a middle child. 
yeah. all that kind of like intertwined and shapes yeah, who you and are. Just being myself, like this is more of a personality trait than like a fall in family blend, but I'm just competitive. Right. So like I was always going to be the best. Like I remember one summer we had a conditioning contest over the whole summer <laughs> and one person from each group and each group is probably like 12 to 15 people. One person from each group got chosen for like a special activity or event, whatever, whatever was happening that year. So literally it was a competition all summer long. One person from each group was like chosen out of that group. Whoever like demonstrated best leadership skills, most, I don't know, improvement, determination, like whatever it was, just overall like best character. Yeah. And I'll never, honestly, that was one of the most like rewarding days of my life even was winning that competition right? and getting pulled out. And then the reward was actually pretty unique in itself because the winner of all of the, each person in the group got to go have, I think it was like lunch with the coaches or something, which was cool, whatever. Uh, yeah. But then on top of that, we got to go to the Dallas Children's Advocate Care Center and pass out gifts to like the abused children neglected children, children that just came from a situation where their parents died, whatever, and, like, learned yeah. about the facility. And that was, like, super eye-opening, especially, like, at a young age. And, yeah. like, it was cool that I did all this hard work, and then that was my reward to go bless someone else. Right. So that was a cool situation and definitely eye-opening for, like, my future. Well, that's so cool and so deep in so many ways. But that's obviously that's, you know – I mean, I know why we connect, but that was, like, so eye-opening for me because, you know, just hearing that aspect of your life, like, I have a similar story. I'm not going to share it because it's not about me, but it's definitely, like, I love Offline winning. Offline, I need to hear about that. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Like, I love winning and I love service. And, like, yeah. that's what I just heard in your your uh, uh, quick story about the, the, the championship. So, yeah. obviously, you won it, and then you got yeah. to go do that. Which right. is really cool. And obviously, like, with giving back, like, that's so fulfilling right. in its own way. Yeah. So it wasn't like we won something. Like, right, we got right. our own fulfillment out of giving back. That was the reward. Right. And so that was pretty unique. Like, that was the first time I've, like, actually had ever done, like, any service work, whatever. And this is, like, I was probably, like, 13 at the time. Mm. So that was cool to, like, put in so much effort and work. And we didn't know what the reward was going to be. Yeah. We were just fighting for it. Right. And then that was the reward, was being able to give back. And I got so much fulfillment out of that. That was one of the most, like, rewarding yeah. aspects. I love life. that. And I, I, I think that that's something that, like, a lot of – I wouldn't say a lot of people. I, I'm sure people feel good when they go feed someone who's homeless or, like, they feel good when they hand someone, you know, who may be homeless or in need. Sure. Um, but I think it kind of goes – Forgotten. I think it's just forgotten sometimes, especially in this day and age yeah, where don't practice it. yeah, if you don't practice it, there's it's so individualistic nowadays to where it's all about me, 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 and you put the phone and you record me, 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 and like it's something that if you, I don't think that like you said, if you don't practice it and you don't learn it at an early age, yeah, it's kind of tough to kind of to kind of dig into. Yeah. So like, what what are what are I guess, like, for those who may not have experienced, like, you know, the fulfilling aspect, what are what are some of those things that, like, you remember that you felt when you were young when you did that, that, like, you still remember now, right? And you still experience now. Yeah. So, like, try to paint that picture for, for, for those who may just be wondering, like, why should I go serve? Like, why should I, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think two of the top things that come to my mind from childhood experiences when I was, I think 10, mm -hmm. my youngest brother was born. So he was a baby Yeah. and spare the moment. My mom got a phone call. We've never done this before. It was a situation where my mom was put in a position to get asked to be a foster parent temporarily. Um, and this was done kind of like under the table oh, <laughs> essentially. Wow. Yeah. Um, but anyway, my parents took the foster kid in the foster kid was the same age as my little brother. So they had two newborns at the same time. Yeah. And I remember one night hearing 
Cameron, the foster baby, like crying. And again, I was 10 years old and I knew that my mom, oh, I'm sorry, my little brother was crying as well. And I like woke up in the middle of the night hearing that. And I knew like no one else was going to wake up and my mom was going to have to deal with that on her own, like two newborns, which I'm sure people deal with this when they have twins all the time. But this is also a situation where you weren't expecting to have another child and all of a sudden the next day you do. So I remember hearing both babies crying and I was like, I have to get up and help. Yeah. And there wasn't anything in it for me. Obviously, I'm a 10-year-old little girl. Like, I just knew I had to get up. And I did. And, like, the genuine joy and appreciation uh-huh. I saw and heard from my mom, like, I, I don't know. There was nothing, like, better. Like, there was just – I didn't have to get up in the middle of the night, but I did to just help her out. And – yeah, she was just like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. Like, yeah. I couldn't, like, have gotten through this night without you. And, like, that, again, was so rewarding in right. itself. I didn't need anything else. Like, sleep didn't matter at that point. Yeah. And then also my family had served at, like, a soup kitchen one Thanksgiving. And I think it's the only time we had ever done it. Mm-hmm. But, again, just, like, seeing these people so grateful. Like, I didn't care about our traditional Thanksgiving at that point. And it's kind of hard to, like, say and, like, give areas of examples and opportunity to, like, just start. But, like, you just have to start and try it. If there's an area where you can serve, just serve. And that looks so different for so many people. Like, Uh actually, I was just talking to someone about this last week when I was in California. And I connected someone with someone else, which I will say is, like, one of my biggest gifts of being a catalyst for people. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, Thank you so much for going out of your way and like getting this person's contacts. And to me, that getting that person's contacts and passing it on to him literally took me two minutes. Right. <laughs> like that's it. Like it, yeah. that was it. And so, yeah. but I know like what will come out of that right. will be so rewarding for not only him, but for myself to see like of, of what connections and business can happen after that. It's like, it's so worth it. So it's not really like, hey, you have to go serve the homeless. Hey, you have to go, you know, help your neighbor. Those things are great. But there's not like one size fits all. If someone needs help and you have the ability to be able to serve them, just serve them and you'll find how rewarding it is for yourself. And that's all the fulfillment you need. Yeah. No, this is so, this is so powerful because like, as I'm listening to you, I think about, I know for a fact whenever you needed to connect that person, it was like a need, right? Like it was literally like what I just said. Like it was like a need for you and you did it without a second thought. Um, You advocated for someone without a second thought. But, you know, in our experience and as you know, it's like there's people out there that don't do that because of fear of like what could happen. Yeah. Right? Fear is – Obviously, something that hasn't happened, mm-hmm. and you're just a, a, afraid of it, right? And like, mm-hmm. I, to to bring it back around is that there are people who are afraid to just advocate for someone or right. connect someone to someone because of fear that it may not work out, not work yeah. out, or quote unquote yeah. bring their social stock down. Yeah. And like you, you've never been someone who's afraid of that. Like, and I, and I don't know if it comes from just like maybe your. You I know, think it's just so many times. Like, yeah. okay, screw the fear for the first time. Like, yeah. if this is someone listening on the other side, like, I'm being totally real right now. If someone's listening to this right now, go try giving back to someone one time. If you have a terrible experience, come back to me and yeah. tell me that. Right. Because it's not going to happen. Right. But go do it one time. You're going to have a great experience. Like, just be vulnerable for one time. Right. This is actually a funny story. So I'll like plug this in here real quick. Actually, my very first time I probably gave back, I got ridiculed for it when I was like five years old. <laughs> wow. We were, this is actually hilarious. So I grew up in a big family. So of course yeah. there was like a lot of people picking on me and me on them as well. Yeah. That's what siblings do. We were at a laundromat because our washer and dryer broke down. So my mom like wrangled all of us kids, went to the laundromat. It was like a whole experience whatever and I remember like (laughs) this guy and I didn't think anything of it this guy was like putting his laundry in whatever and I'm sure he's doing his family's laundry and like 
this pair of like underwear dropped out and they're like female leopard print underwear. And I like picked them up and gave it back to him. And he was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Whatever. Like this little five-year-old kid handing it back to him. And I didn't think anything of it. Like I didn't see a reason not to do it. And all my siblings gave me so much crap for it because they were like, ew, you just touched those dirty underwear. You didn't know where they were from, all this stuff. And so I maybe didn't have the best experience giving back, but I didn't care. Like I still felt felt good about what I did and gave back to him. Mm. And that overweighed the situation of all my siblings making fun of me. Still remember how they made me feel, feel, but I would still do it again with how he felt with me giving back his item, especially like an older man that couldn't bend over or whatever. And so just go do it one time. If you get made fun of for it, who cares? Yeah. Like I promise you, you giving back the reward of what you will feel right. by helping that person will weigh out, will very much so weigh yeah. the hate you could get for it or the failure you could get for it whatever possibly bad could happen right yeah Yeah. i will say i had a i had like a serious blackout with my childhood when i was seven and my little sister died yeah she died i mean she was full term but essentially she didn't have all her brain so she bled to death and i was like i was like literally devastated like wow Especially, like, coming from someone that loves kids. Like, I was so excited to have a little sister. She was full term. Like, yeah. you know, it's like a little kid would be expecting. Like, you're expecting to go to the hospital and, like, bring your sister home. Right. And I, like, sat there and held her. And she had, like, cloth and bandages wrapped around her head. And she passed away, like, in my arms. And I didn't understand it. Like, I was, like, so confused. And I, like, held my composure together at the this hospital. Is, this is wild. And then got home and was, like... Asking my mom and dad, I was like, I remember like sitting in the room like crying. I was like, like I don't understand. Like literally, did not understand what was going on. It's like how how can this happen? And I remember having like a talk with them. And yeah. from that moment forward, my childhood was blacked out until it was probably fifteen, sixteen. So there's there's a pretty lengthy period of time in there where I don't remember much. Yeah, because of that trauma. So trauma can definitely. Yeah. Lock you out. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. And that's so sad to hear. And, like, anytime I, I, I hear that, I'm just like, dang, like, that is, like, I couldn't imagine bearing that. And it, and it you know, takes us back to you could have still chose to essentially relive that experience and that be your 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 life and that could be your, essentially, your crutch to make excuse for who you aren't. Right. But instead, you chose to like power forward and be optimistic about, like I said, almost almost everything, um, which is very not only noble, but it's inspiring uh, to me. And I'm sure to many others that you probably know of and then like you don't even know of. Right. Because like there will be, you know, if I had people reach out to me like, oh, this this Gina person, like, you know, who you don't even know. Right. So it's like. You you never know like who's watching you, and that's why I also think that like service is so important because if you're doing it for others, which is like going back to like you never know who's watching you. If, mm-hmm. if you're doing it for others with the like the right intention, like that's ultimately what what service is. It's for others, right? Like so other people are watching anyways. This is for others. Like we're right. doing this podcast. It's not for us to just right. sit yeah, here and like, look what, at each other. At yeah, it's eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say the time, but like <laughs> <laughs> like we don't just do this for for shits yeah. and giggles and for yeah. ourselves. Like we do this to inspire others and like mm-hmm. to inspire kids. Going back to kids like who may yeah. be out there who are like, how do I get into this space? How do sure. I do it? What do I do? You just get out there and do it. So, like, what would you say to someone? Like, what are ways to just get up there and, and go and do it? Yeah, I mean, everybody has stuff, obviously, like struggles, difficulties that they deal with. No right. one lives the same, you know, background. Everyone has trials and tribulations. But it really is as simple as, like, just do it. Like I said, right. like, yeah, you know, like, if you get ridiculed, who cares? Like, yeah, like, literally. Who cares? Like, what are you out? That's what I always go back to. Like, What's the worst that can happen? Like, okay, someone laughs at you for picking up something from the laundry mat, or like, 
you know, you just bless someone by, you know, giving them some food on the side of the road, whatever it is. Like, right. you know, like who cares? Yeah. Like, what do you say to people? What, if, what do you say to people who's like, okay, Gina, you may not have a lot, or you may not come from a lot, or, you know, and this is just hypothetically speaking, right? Like, well, it's easy for you to say because you don't have anything to lose. Like, what do you say to those type of people? Honestly, it's so hard for me to even wrap my mind around that because I don't think that way. Right. So it's like, how do I even bring my mind to be put in that place? Right. So that's a hard question to, right. <laughs> to answer. Yeah. But a similar situation came up, and I hope this doesn't like take us off topic, but a similar situation coming up just recently. I was talking to, I would say, like almost a family friend of mine that yeah. came from like a significant amount of money. Right. Like a significant amount of money. We talking M's or B's? We talking B's? We talking B's. Ooh, okay, yeah. yeah. And this is all like family money. Right. And so she's never essentially had to work a day in her life. Right. And what her work is is not real work. Anybody right. knows that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so it's just like, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. leave it at that. But you gotta take my dog to pottery class. It's literally like, who should I write a check to today? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Should I give it to this organization or this organization? Hmm. So hard. (laughs) And to think I have to wake up and do it all over again tomorrow. Yeah. And so, like, for me, for a long time, I had, like, kind of a difficult time relating to that. But then as I, like, sat there and really thought about it, I was like, man, someone you would look at, someone like that, you would think, like, they have no care in the world. They have no problems. And then I took, like, a really far step back and thought, wow, this is really sad because – this person doesn't have any genuine real friends. Mm-hmm. And think about that itself. Right. And right. that's not something most people like wrap their brain around. They would literally think like this person has everything they could possibly need and or want, which is true from a financial standpoint. Right. But it's like from a friendship standpoint, which is mm-hmm. community, which is right. so important. Right. As we know, they don't have that because – their true friends or their friends quote unquote right. yeah are attached to them for their dollars right for someone like that that does that's so attached to their title their status their privilege their fame and identity whatever it is yeah just that mentality I'm trying to get around anything but I still have to say, just do it. And you'll, feel, <laughs> yeah. you'll feel it. Right. It's a feeling. And, I just And you'll understand. Yeah. Just do it one time. Yeah. And I'll, I'll chime in and answer my own question because I didn't have the answer until you started telling me that story. And I want to hear more about this relationship with this friend. Because ultimately, like, if you're looking for friends and you and you literally come from wealth or, you know, you're 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 just – thinking that, you know, everyone's just out to get you, right? Like, we all have these feelings. We all think this way. Yeah. Just the human psychology and the human brain, right? Like, how we just ultimately operate. I will say this, and I know this to be a 100% fact. If you go out and do it, like Gina's saying, you will find the best people. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, that's how we found each other, right? Mm-hmm. was because we were working with a, a organization that serve people, and we were part of that same type of organization, yeah. and we met at a gala, stuff like that. We'll get into that uh, here here in a little bit. But ultimately, when you serve, you're serving your community, putting other people before you. It's ultimately what's going to drive those relationships, mm-hmm. and it's bigger than writing a check. Like it's way bigger than writing a check. To me, is like posting a black square. Right. Like, I don't know if you, you know, I'm referencing that 2020, you know, when everyone posted black squares on Black Lives Matter. It's like, that's the same thing. Like, you, yes, you may get a little dopamine hit, right? Like, you may feel good for that split second, but it's not sustainable and it's not something that's going to last. But when you serve others and you empower others and you, you bring others with you on a journey, that's what fulfillment looks Mm -hmm. like and feels like. So, for those who are, Looking for friends or in need of friends, go to a go to your local soup kitchen, yeah. go to your lo- local you know farmers market and ask to serve. Go to all there's so many organizations out yeah. there. Twenty four hour Dallas here in here in Dallas, Texas. If you're yeah. in Dallas, Texas, we're always looking for people to serve. Yeah. Right. So it's like there's these there's a lot of great organizations that are set up to help essentially bring you fulfillment. Right. Like you're you're going to be helping others. Yeah. And that's a fulfilling thing. 
Yeah. And I just think that that's some, such a missed opportunity. I'm glad that this went to this conversation because that's that's truly who we are at our core. I don't know many selfless people like you, which is why like I try to surround myself around winners and people who love to serve. And that's why, you know, we're in here today. So right. it's a it's a special thing to see. But yeah, going back to your friend, like, did you want to give some more insight? Like, did you have you had did you have like a conversation with her or, like about this or like? Yeah, what? I mean, I think it was just like an interesting perspective because yeah. so many people think like if I had all the money in the world, I'd have no more issues. Yeah. But then I see someone with all the money in the world and they still have issues. And so yeah. it's just it's relative to perspective. Again, it's just like. You know, everyone has issues. It's just overcoming that mentality, that mm-hmm. mindset, and getting your eyes off of you and serving someone else. Yeah, yeah. I've said this before, and I'll, I'll we'll jump to another subject after this. But like something that I came to realization with before was being a man of like a man of purpose and like so driven. I can only I can only imagine like being born with wealth, like being born mm-hmm. into wealth. And still being the same person I am today internally, like I would probably go insane yeah. because of the drive that I have now. Like you said, right. we're we're recording right. this podcast at eleven o'clock, right? And like that drive would kill, like not, not hopefully it wouldn't kill me, but that drive would you know metaphorically kill me because mm-hmm. like ultimately I would be sitting on you know if I came came from from wealth, I would feel guilty for for having the drive as a man that's innately in me right to just go get more right like that drive would would, would kill me so I, I'm empathetic to those who are are born into money and may not have friends or right. come from these backgrounds to where you know they may have privilege, but it's not always greener on the other side right. as as you said and i've I've met people like that too, yeah, and I'm sure we all have so you know for those who may be coming from you know, a, a background where you're, you're not privileged, just understand that that's something that's, like, may be an advantage, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not always a disadvantage because everyone has disadvantages. And that's something that we talk about on this podcast because right. it's about cognitive diversity. It right. does not matter your social economic status. It matters about your perspective and how you view the world, yeah. which is ultimately, like, through your experiences. And that's why I, like, wanted to touch on your your childhood. But yeah, yeah segueing into experiences like how did we connect? How did <laughs> how did we get here, you know, several years later? I right. probably could not have told you that this would be happening yeah. at the same time I kind of could. You know what I'm saying? You may feel that way, so if you want to kind of share your perspective, I may sure. chime in. Go for it. Yeah. Just cut me off whenever. But yeah, Josh and I met originally at the Dallas Millennial Gala in 2018, so December of 2018, which is actually pretty wild in itself because right. I actually went to that event essentially like, quote-unquote, networking for someone else, like on someone else's <laughs> behalf. I really Serving. Did. Yeah, exa- exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's literally how it happened. So, yeah, I went and was kind of like passing out business cards and stuff on their behalf. So I showed up. I went to the event myself. It was cool. had a good time. Met a lot of people. I think you were the very last person I met of the night. Wow. And you were there because you were serving. Yeah. And so think about that. Like, how crazy is that? That's what I'm saying. And so you were there, and I remember, like, shaking hands with you that night. It was, like, dark in the ballroom. There was, like, you guys were, like, cleaning up. And I was, like, about to head out, shook hands, Someone had introduced us. It's like, this is Joshua Hunt. I was like, nice to meet you, whatever. Yeah. And I think we had maybe fo- started following each other on social after that. Like, I was definitely gathering people's contacts and just keeping them for, for my own sake as well as for the person I was networking for yeah. and going to the event for. So that happened literally a week later. It was Christmas Eve service, and I went to my home church here in Dallas and Brought my whole family along, or majority of my family along, was walking into the doors, and it was like you and a couple other guys and females that I had seen that night at the gala just happened to be at the Christmas Eve service, like standing outside as I was walking in. I was like, oh, I remember these people. So I went up and said hi to you guys, and actually, I don't know if you remember this. I'm going to put you on blast here. (laughs) 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 But we had like reintroduced ourselves at that, that night, and... I think you like shot me an Instagram message and you were like, Hey, it was nice to meet you tonight. I was like, 
actually, we met last week. <laughs> but it was nice to re-meet you. Um, and then that was that. So I think, so then this is at least my perspective. I was pretty involved in social media at the time. I just started like a YouTube channel, kind of understood the power of social media, oh, was yeah. big into my fitness realm at the time, and just like marketing and branding myself. Um, and so... That's kind of the journey that I was on. Not, I don't really know what the purpose of it was other than, like you had said, to give back. And it was really for like a younger generation that I knew was looking up to me. And I was like, you know, if I can make a YouTube video of like a makeup tutorial and help a little 15-year-old kid, like right. that's how I learned. So like I'm going to give back and do the same in return. So that's kind of my purpose of like being heavily involved on social at the time. And I, from a distance saw what you were doing and I didn't know what you were doing. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I saw even from a far distance that like you were moving differently than anybody else. Like you were involved with the right, like I could just tell you were involved with like the right class of people successful people like your drive you want more and this is coming from like just social on a very far distance scale and I could read that and so I literally reached out to you and was like hey what do you do left me on red for six months still salty about that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, talk about blast I'm just just joking you (laughs) did you did leave me on red for six months but it's okay it's all in God's timing so I'm not mad about it Uh, and Anyway, I think, you know, that was that was just kind of that. Like, I was just genuinely curious, like, what you were doing. And, you know, from my perspective, you didn't quite know everything you were doing. And that was right. even, like, in correspondence to the message you had sent me six months later. You were like, hey, sorry, I didn't mean to leave you on red, but I just really didn't have an answer for you, which is fine. <laughs> like, yeah. that's totally fine. And uh, anyway, you were like, but I see the way that you're moving. I would love to link up let's go grab coffee whatever so we did so we made that happen we first had a brief phone call prior to that and that conversation wasn't like like super deep i don't think yeah but then when we met up at the coffee shop we literally sat at silverport in dallas and i remember like i didn't know what i was walking into like i really had no clue i was like is this a job interview like is this like a friendly meeting like what is this like i had no clue um, and I won't ever forget one of the things that you had said to me that I guess my perspective was different or that you were like kind of struck by was because, okay, I am a white female and yeah. you are a larger black male. And you said most of the people like myself would be intimidated by someone like you. And I wasn't yeah. even to like get your contact or whatever. And it wasn't for anything other than strictly networking. Right, right. So I think, you know, a lot of people could be intimidated in that manner manner. And again, it's like, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> it's like, right. I just went along. Oh, I went along with it. So we met up for coffee yeah. And I remember you pulling out your notebook and your pen and you were like, so tell me about yourself. And I was like, okay, like, what do you want to know? Again, like my favorite color, like where I grew up, whatever. And you were like, no, like, what are you most passionate about? And I was like, okay, it's kind of an odd first question to start with, but okay. Like, I was like, I love to travel. And you were like, okay, cool. Well, why do you love to travel? And I was like, okay, I haven't really thought of this. Like, it's just exhilarating. It's fun. I don't know. So it's like pulling out answers within myself. And I was like, okay, why do I love to travel? And this was something I really hadn't thought of before. And this is literally like our first real conversation. Right. And I was like, why do I love to travel? Okay. Well, I love to like connect with people like from around the world, like learning, like going to Africa and seeing someone that lives a life like way up in the mountains that's never seen a white person like that's so cool to me like right. that experience in itself is so cool like i love to connect with those people right and it's like maybe i don't speak the same language but like seeing something completely different and like seeing that lifestyle is like fascinating right you know and that could be from anywhere in the world and it's like i that's why i love traveling like i loved connecting with people from around the world and you're like okay well why do you love to connect with people from around the world? I was like, okay, I don't know. Like (laughs) I really had to like sit there and like dig deep within myself. Mm -hmm. And obviously like at that time I didn't know 
what that conversation was going to like develop into. But I remember the way again that I felt leaving mm. that day. Like I felt like a whole different person. That's like wild. I'm not joking. Like I literally Dang. walked out of there and was like, whoa, this is who I am. And this is why I was created. And this is my purpose. And this is what I'm living for. Yeah. And like, I didn't know that before walking into that. Like I had that's powerful assumptions, I whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, I'd have an idea, like whatever. But like, that's when I really got my full on like, why? Yeah, essentially. And so, yeah, we kind of left that conversation, and Dang. we're like, hey, we want to do something together. We didn't really know what that looked like. Fast forward a couple months later, we started working with Microsoft. And something even that day that you had painted a picture for me of, which is at the time, even as I was doing a bunch of like YouTube videos and stuff, same thing. I had made a list of people that I wanted to work with, period. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what that was going to look like. But even in my YouTube, like, career, (laughs) (laughs) just never a career, but I made a list of people, which was advice that I was given, was like, make a list of people that you want to work with, brands that you aspire to work with. And I remember having Nike on that list, and I remember having Lululemon on that list. Mm. And anyway, that kind of fizzled out as soon as we had started doing our thing, um, which was like doing community events through Microsoft. You know, we ran with that, and that was very fulfilling in itself. And then from that... Essentially, from the data we collected from that, we developed our company kind of unexpectedly, but with a lot of intentionality also. Right. And so that's how we became present to where we are now, essentially. Uh, But what is crazy, like, think about full circle is you had painted the picture of, like, I don't know what it's going to look like of what we're going to do. Right. But, like, you had also mentioned, like, think about brands and businesses you want to work with. Think about like, you know, how we can help people in these ways and whatever. Mm -hmm. And even within like a five year span, we have worked with both of those companies and checked them off as like sponsors. It may look totally different than what I was thinking, like with a YouTube channel, but nonetheless, they're brands that we've worked with and are connected with now. And that vision came but in a totally different manner than I was expecting. Dang, I could almost, I could, dang, this is almost hit this plant. I could almost cry because I've recently just kind of took a trip down memory lane. And it's crazy to say five years because I'm like 2018. Like, dang, that is like five whole years. Like, to really think yeah. about the journey. And it's like, still feels like it's the beginning, right? Like, yeah. it's so wild to really think about. And like, that's why it's important to just get up and go and yeah. do because, like, at the end of the day, you're going to have to go through the journey. So yeah. it's like, there's, might as well not wait for it to be perfect or wait for it this yeah. whole situ like you know whatever you envisioning it to be like action is what provides clarity right providing clarity like we we didn't we definitely did not know we were going to no be a, a tech startup it wasn't it wasn't something that was like hey we're gonna start these community events track this data use that to yeah. quantify engagement you know work with these amazing partners and these ama- amazing people and clients. And then, you know, it was not drawing You're out not like that. All. Like, that's not, not how it, I don't think that it ever happens that way. Or <laughs> think it'll feel like, like, they're just like, let me have everything in line and then I'll do it. Right. Like, that's the picture that they get. But truthfully, like the very first sponsorship phone call I made, I'll never forget this. I was literally sitting on my bed and this was like a very close connection that I had. So I shouldn't have been scared to call this person. Yeah. I was like physically shaking. Wow. Like so scared. Yeah. And I'll just say this person wasn't like necessarily the easiest to work with. So Mm -hmm. I did get turned down to some degree, but I'm a fighter. So I was like, okay, I still need another solution. So like, who can you connect me with? So at the end of the day, I I did get something out of that first phone call, but it was like, I was so, so scared, like Mm -hmm. to just make that one call. But then I did that one call and it was not perfection by any means. Right. But then after like that, that just instilled a little bit of confidence in me. It's like, okay, now I know what not to say or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how it goes though. It is. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, even yesterday, like just being able to like super confidently speak to some of these like high end clients or desired Mm -hmm. clients, you know, with like just like 
just massive companies and be able to speak to them so confidently is something I was thinking about earlier this morning. I was like, wow, like to feel yeah. that growth within yourself, it's something that like money can't buy. Mm-mm. No one can instill that in you. Mm-hmm. Like I remember actually this is another funny like tidbit, but the very first week we had like officially said that we were going to like work together. Yeah. I called you back and I was like, Josh, I quit. And you were like, Wait, what do you what do you mean you quit? You're like, we already started. Yeah. It was like during the COVID era era, and I was like, like I've never had like a desk job. I don't know how to even send an email. Like I'm not gonna be good at this. And you're like, it's okay. Like we'll you'll learn. Like it's it's okay. (laughs) And I was like, no, like I'm not the person you're looking for. Like I'm not good at this. And you're like, no, it'll be fine. And you like talked me back into it. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I got this. Oh, I remember that. That was okay. So look, I referenced. You know what I think I did? I referenced earlier, probably early 2018, 2019. And I'm just yeah. like, remember how you know we were like talking about working with some of these companies, or you were scared mm-hmm. to do that, and like you did it, and like once you did it, it was like you 10x that. Like the following year, it's something that I think that like is was not only intrinsically in you, but it's like it's something that brings you fulfillment so like don't forget about the fulfillment you got from that yeah like and from learning and growing like i think that you could still you know you you still have more learning and growing to do and just in this area and just like you know pivoting into a different area right because like pivoting for me was was always tough too right and i had to we would bounce it off of each other like i would feel the same way i'm like okay well now that i'm pivoting from the more creative space and i have to go more corporate i was like oh my god I'm just like you said, this big black guy with tattoos, like, fuck, how do I now present myself? Like, how do I rebrand myself? How right. do I now position myself it's in like this space? It's like even repositioning yourself to yeah. where, like, so much as to you have a seat at that table. Right. Like, and actually believing that. Right. It's the And belief. it's like, I didn't think, like, again... Next week when we started, I quit because I was like, I didn't think I had a seat at that table because I didn't think I was qualified right. for what it was going to take. Mm-hmm. And you were like, no, like, trust yourself first right. off and just start the process. Like, right. just start. And, right. like, the action, you know, as you're taking action, you'll right. get there. And here we are today. And it's like, if I were to look at, like, the first email I've ever sent to, like, now, like, right. you wouldn't even think it was the same person. Like, right. At all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's like it's that so was true. such a learning curve for both of us. Like yeah. learning from two people that didn't really come from like the corporate background to like now running corporate. Right. It's like it was such a learning curve, but it's like doable. Just like apply, right. apply yourself. Apply yourself. How did you get that self-belief? A lot of failure. Mm. I mean, it was literally, like I said, I was like shaking, so scared about my first sponsorship call. And like, as now people have known me, I'm the sponsorship queen in Dallas. It's like, you know, I can literally text five people right now and be like, hey, this is what I need. Give it to me. And they'll be like, okay, yes, (laughs) yes, ma'am, you got it. Like, (laughs) no problem. Facts. These are facts. I'll show up at the Topo Chico warehouse with my car, like, stuff the next day. Like, that's not an issue. I don't even have to send them an email anymore. <laughs> yeah, and that's how and that's how you do it. It's all about relationships. It's these relationships, yeah, and like these, but you got to start. Yeah, it's it's literally just like slowly building that confidence. It's like just do it. Like I'm just right. gonna keep using the Nike slogan, but it's like literally just just do that first step. Yeah, and it's like learn from your mistakes and then do it again. And I I will say going back to being a gymnast, like one of the best pieces of advice that my favorite coach had ever given me. Yeah. Was if you do something and you're like, if you, you okay over there? Yeah, sorry. (laughs) If you do something and you fail Mm -hmm. and you're scared, don't ever stop there. Like, get up and do it one more time. Right. Like, like if you fall, she's like, she would always make that person get back up and do it one more time. Because if they stop there, they're going to be scared for the rest of their life. Right. But if they get back up and do that skill one more time. Yeah. They're not going to fail again. First off, they're going to learn real quick right, not to right. fall. Um, but they're not going to be scared anymore. Like mm-hmm. They're going to know how to get over it. And yeah. it's like, I actually just used this reference even with surfing. Like back in 2020 when we went in L.A., right. I got like wiped out by these three massive waves. And I thought like I was forever going to be done surfing. Like I was like, I'm never going back in the ocean again in my life. Like I was yeah. like, this is it. Like I thought I was going to die. Like yeah. I, I really did. Like I, it was bad. 
But then I like sat on the beach, like took a breath, and I was like, shoot. I was like, I have to go do it one more time so I'm not scared. Right. Like I just have to go do it one more time so I'm not scared. And I did. And, and then, then boom. Now that, you're surfing. Like, now you're a surfer girl. It's my, my favorite thing. Yeah. I love that. And it's just like, it's so inspiring too. I mean, just to hear your story, even though like I witnessed it in like a part of your journey, it's like, it's still inspiring to me, which is why like I'm trying to stress to others is like, when you're doing this, it's not for you. Yeah. It's literally for others. Yeah. And you don't know what people are going through. Mm-hmm. I, I believe God put a purpose and a calling in each for and sure. every one of us. Right. Yeah. Like, and then who he calls, he will equip. Right. So like, the things that you may feel like you are ill-equipped for or not qualified for, those are usually the very things that he did qualify you for. Right. And it, it's something that, like, it, you only kind of find through your failure. Like, you should be empowered by, like, what you can do versus, like, what you can't do. Right. Yeah. Even though that's a lot easier said than done. Yes. So how do you just do it, right? Before, But and you cannot use just do it. <laughs> This is probably not the actual answer that you are looking for, but this is a huge contributing factor I've applied in my own life, but I know and I've attested to so many people with the same results. It also has a huge amount to do with the people that you surround yourself with, and I didn't realize that until I cut a lot of negative people out of my life, and that was super hard because I'm the person that, like, has never met a stranger. Like, I want people to like me. I want to be accepted, whatever. I enjoy having friends. I enjoy having people around me. I enjoy having conversations. Like, I'm super outgoing. And so that time frame in my life where, like, I had to cut so many people out that were negative, that didn't believe in me, that weren't adding value to my life, I had to cut all of those people out. And that's honestly really when my mentality shifted and the people that were surrounding me that were like advocating for me and were like, hey, yeah, you should do this. This sounds crazy. Go for it. Right. That's when I actually started to believe in myself. Yeah. It wasn't like I really, I I really didn't wake up and like was born like that. It was really like putting in the work, taking all the negative people out. And then as I did, obviously I was attracting the right people in that mindset when I was having it like forced upon me with all the positive reinforcement coming into me, it was obviously a lot easier. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, that's, I mean, when I think about like, you know, kind of cutting off some of those toxic people, I think it's a perfect segue to, to also like talk about culture, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because like sometimes when people don't align with where you're going and your vision and your mission, Mm -hmm. It's like it's really hard to get there, mm-hmm. right? And you know, I know people call you, you know, sponsor sponsorship queen. Like I call you culture queen because you know, not only are you so diverse cognitively, but it's like you really truly understand like people dynamics and like how to optimize like relationships, yeah. right? Ultimately, right? And I, I think that that's like a huge part of culture. So like. What would you say to those, you know, leaders out there who may be listening, you know, kind of referencing cutting off some of those 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 toxic people? Yeah. Like, what about those who toxic people who may be in organizations, yeah. right? Like, it's so important. It's so important. It's so important. <laughs> like, what? What do that. you? Right. Like, what do you? What do you say? Do they just like let them go? Do they, you know, work with them? Do they try yeah. to like get them to be, you know, not toxic? Like, what is? What's yeah. the answer there? No, you can't. You can't change a toxic person. <laughs> um, That's a hot take. You can't change yeah. a toxic person. We'll come back to that. But yeah, what do you say to them? Yeah, I mean, you can't change a toxic person. The yeah. toxic person has to want to change for themselves. Ooh, obviously. that's bars. That's bars. So, yeah. Yeah, you have to let you have to let those negative people, the people that are not aligned with your vision, your mission, out. Like you have to get them out, even as hard. As yeah. painful as it is, I mean, I remember, like, literally, like, one night sobbing, like, knowing I had to cut one of my best friends off from right. my life Dang. because and they contributed so much to, like, my character and who I was in a positive way. But at that point in time, like, they weren't going to help me get to where I was going. Right. So, like, I knew I had to cut them off, and it was so hard. And they would, like, text me or call me or whatever, and I just, like, I was like, I can't, like, I I literally cannot. And it was like, 
you know, within doing that, like I saw so much growth and within culture, it's like, think you think about this, like you have, it's not just one bad apple, but it's like you have, if, if you think about like a, a crate or carton of like raspberries or blueberries or something, you have one piece that gets moldy. Yeah. That mold spreads so fast. Right. If you were to take that moldy raspberry out of the container, right. the rest of the raspberries would survive another week, right. whatever, like being perfectly fine. Yeah. But that one moldy raspberry, you leave it in the container, the next day you wake up, that mold is completely covered the surface. Yeah. And it's like that negative energy, that person is really not contributing as much, even as as hard as to let them go. Yeah as it would be to cut them out. Like That's so good. Like, That's so good. That's a punchline. <laughs> we'll, yeah. Hey, throw those raspberries out, man. Get them berries out of here. Get the moldy ones out. <laughs> Let the other ones thrive. <laughs> I might put that on a t-shirt. Get them little moldy berries out of here. <laughs> hey, don't be yeah. a moldy berry, man. Yeah. Get, get rid of those. And I mean, it's hard. It, it really is, like, so much harder. Like, I've even had, I mean, I've had countless, like, hard conversations, even with, like, organizations that I'm not fully a part of and, like, Mm-hmm. Wanted to do things with or even organizations that I've seen from a distance and had these hard conversations with them. I'd be like, listen, I understand this person may have a lot of fame written on them. They may have know a lot right. of people. Right. They may contribute and be able to get a lot of people, you know, to your event or whatever it is. But it's like at the end of the day, the amount of people and bad energy that that person is putting in is not worth it it's like right. get that person out it may take some time mm-hmm. get that person out and you will far far exceed what you were doing before with that moldy person yeah know who you're like dealing with know who you're working with know who you're in a relationship with like actually like know these people get to know these people right and in that like we then by letting go of the negativity we're exposed in a different manner like in a positive manner by recognizing the issue and dealing with it boom Boom, culture's out there. If you're listening, you recognize the problem and then you deal with it. And like, yes, it may be a little tough at first, but then like once you get to it, you see the fruit, no pun intended, but then you see the fruit and then you're like, okay, well, this was worth it. And this is a lot more fulfilling. And the people that are, are, are with me and around me are happy or because like this contributed to something bigger than myself sure. that we did it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's man, that was deep. That was that was powerful. Is there anything that you haven't shared with me that like we're gonna share on this podcast? Like what's what's <laughs> well, a this podcast could go forever. It could go forever. What's a secret that you haven't shared with anyone in a while? Oh this is gonna be exclusive. I wanna say, hey, this is ex- if you wanna hear Gina's exclusive Something. story, tune into this podcast. And then you want to make it worthwhile for them. Like, what's something, like, Hmm. this could be personal-related, business-related, and we can cut out all the pause. Like, it's it's pretty easy to... to... Give me, like, a topic or something. I need to get some... You got to get some some blame raves? Hmm. The craziest experience that has happened in the last five years... That ha- didn't happen in Dallas. Like it was somewhere you were traveling. What's like a, what's like a, and by crazy, I mean something that was like, something that like really like shocked you. You were just like, dang, like I, this was wild. Hmm. Something this traveling. Is definitely of something while traveling. Yeah, something while, while traveling. I mean, you just, I mean, you could have been there, not necessarily like, traveling but like somewhere you were in a different country or a different state not really ha- I'm we'll not, come back I'm, we'll come I'm back not to that having one anything like crazy register on that level that would have yeah. to th- i'm sure i'll get something later i'll wake up in the middle of the night and be like that's it that's it <laughs> but, <laughs> literally but something that does come to my mind on that like is pretty wild within the journey and i think you can probably attest to this just within like our whole entrepreneurship journey one of the craziest, I guess, aspects for me yeah. is, like, realizing how far cognitive diversity does go. Right. Because neither of us graduated college. 
Right. And it's like we're now an accredited business and we'll right. go to universities and speak. And right. like to me, that's like such a wild feeling. And we may not feel qualified, yeah. but it's like from all the prep work that we've done, doesn't necessarily take like a college degree to deserve that. It's like we've put in the work and it's right. like we are deserving of this. Mm-hmm. But it is a pretty surreal feeling when you're working with people that are like smarter than you by right. paper standards and you're like leading them right. um, based right. off of the things that you've grown and the things that you've adapted to and the things that you've learned. That's a pretty like surreal feeling. So that's, yeah. that's definitely not anything as like far as what you were no, but that's asking. A good one though. But interesting perspective yeah as far as one of the most like wild feelings within the last five years was some of those right and that's 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 things that gives you confidence yeah i'm sure like that gives me confidence right like you know we talk about leading we talk about our team too it's like Mm -hmm. everyone on our team i mean are you know on on paper are 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 those qualified quote-unquote people right like i think about roman Right, PhD, mm-hmm. which by the way, I'm pursuing minds. We'll talk about that in mm-hmm. a second. But it's one of those things where you're like, dang, like these people did it that particular way and it worked out for them and, and it worked out for the good, but then we did it this way and it yeah. worked out for us too. So it's yeah. like so for those who may feel like, oh, they're underqualified because they yeah. don't have the education yet, we're two examples. And I always forget too that you didn't you know, I'm 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 always reminding people that I didn't. Yeah, it's um, like really like how much can you adapt yourself and like learn to apply these principles? Right. And it's like you'll and still it's come just, out on top. Yeah, like literally <laughs> come matter. out on top. It literally does not matter. Like, like we're sitting and in we're rooms laughing with like the richest like, people. Like last week, I was like talking to Cuban. Like yeah, literally. I was just like, "What's up, Mark?" <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> so dead excited. Ass. Like like he's one of my best friends. Yeah, it's literally. I feel like it's a, it's. It's a confidence boost when you realize that these people will still connect with you and you, yeah. quote unquote, don't have the credentials or background or whatever, yeah. right? It's all about like the relationships that you build. Like, are you being a good person? Mm-hmm. Like, are you serving your community? And like, what do you want to get out of this? And That's like, if you're able to answer those questions, putting in that work. Yeah. If you're yeah, putting in that work and you're able to answer those questions with like a pure heart, like, I think that anything is possible. So I don't wake up and be like, oh, I'm surprised this has happened. Like, no, I'm not really surprised because like, I know I put in the work and right. it's like, I envision this for myself. What does Gina's <laughs> feature look like? About six months ago, did an event for one of our clients. We led the event for one of our clients and. It was as simple as, like, getting some people together at a homeless shelter. And, you know, it was something that, like, we could have just done on our own. Mm-hmm. It was something that we wanted to do anyway. But we got right. our clients involved. The clients were in on it. The clients brought their people out. And it just, like, this growing effect. And by the time we were done, we had, like, the whole staff, you know, involved within this mm-hmm. community aspect, this community outreach. And I remember, like, leaving that event and just being, like, look what like we could have done this work on our own and we could have been two people, two people with two hands, right. two feet. Right. Okay. Four hands total. Yeah. Like that would have been cool. <laughs> but instead it's like, we were able to empower someone else. Mm-hmm. So we were able to empower others to empower others. Right. And within doing that, we were able to literally staff or supply a whole day at this homeless shelter to provide so much food, clothing, gifts, whatever for, I mean, I don't know how many people walk those doors, but it was a lot. (laughs) It was was. a lot. And it was literally because you and I were able to empower others to empower others. Yeah. And so one of the biggest things for me of what I want to do in my future is simply that. Yeah. Empower others to empower others, empower Mm. others to empower others to have more wealth, to have more success, to have more confidence, to have more love, to do more outreach, to serve mm. others better. Mm. Like simply that. Like right. if, if I can do another podcast at midnight, whatever it is, yeah. to inspire someone to wake up and go, you know, help their neighbor out, whatever. Right. To go serve a meal, to go give someone advice, to whatever it is. It's like that's probably one of the most like cliche 
simple or stupid answers even, but truly like empowering others to empower others is what I want my future to be Mm. because everything else will follow. Wow. I mean, I don't even have the words to say. I'm just like blown away. I'm just so grateful that you're on like you're on this side and not I'm not playing against you because like it's hard to play against people who have those type of hearts because I'm just like, dude, that's I want to be with that. I want to I want to I want to surround myself with people like that that would answer a question like that. That's who you are and that's to your core and like I said I couldn't be more grateful and proud and you know, inspired all of the things from yeah. just being around you. And hey, well, a lot of that had to do with the simple question of what are you most passionate about? Uh, well, I, pre- I appreciate that, <laughs> but like, I don't even want to take it. I don't want to take it away from, you know, I definitely want to give all the, 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 the glory to God for sure. But yeah. at the same time, also give you the, your flowers because it's like you do so much. And I'm not saying that you don't get, you know, recognize, but I do want to recognize all of the accomplishments and things that you have like done, not only for, for Bolt, but for yourself and for your family, because there's times where people, like I said, they don't understand, like it's bigger than just themselves. Mm -hmm. And like, if you stop for just Mm -hmm. a second and you listen to yourself, yourself will tell you that you're here for others. Yeah. I mean, you can listen, you can (laughs) probably any single person that we accumulatively have interviewed. I don't think any single person has answered their why, like what is their true why? Yeah. Strictly for themselves. It's all been for like a legacy, for a lineage, for their family, for their kids, for their ancestors, whatever it is. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, Uh, yeah, it's not. Take yourself out of the region. And then, like, and, and, you know, it's to your your point about, interviewing these people because like we we target people who are successful mm-hmm. and like hello key to success is serving others so you have to right. take care of yourself so you can take care of others and that's you know like something that i said like you've always done and i i couldn't be more excited to announce that you will be also coming on as a co-host to do exactly that to serve real others. Real electric up in here. It's gonna get real electric, man. It's about to get really electric. Lightning now. in the sky. Lightning <laughs> bolts. <laughs> this has been thank fun. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. This was a fun no, conversation. This was not necessarily what I was expecting for it to go, but it was definitely like authentic. Our, it was fun. Exactly. That's all we do. It yeah. was like, did we? We don't have no teleprompter, no script, yeah. no nothing. We just nothing. pulled up the mic and said, "Let's do it." Yeah. And here we are. Cool. A little walk down memory lane. There we go another good day we had another good day and if you line up enough good days fuck around have a good life